0: Welcome back to another episode of the NES Experience. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our podcast. We appreciate you coming back week in and week out. Shout out to all of our international listeners outside of the United States of America. We extra appreciate you tuning into the NES Experience. Uh, Not entirely sure how you found us, but we're glad that you did. This episode, we're going to be talking about something everyone experiences in one way or another. At some point in their lives, usually childhood, and that's nutrition in schools, school lunches. Uh, I know some of my favorites. We're going to find out some of Neds, and we're just kind of going to roll right into it our top three uh, kind of old-school school lunches. So for me, number three was, "I loved chicken Nugget day." Whenever chicken nuggets were served, I was a happy camper number three ned what's your third favorite school lunch
1: uh in third place i am going with the soy burger the double cheeseburger you got the sesame seed bun with the the soy patties they're big and then the american cheese and then hit me with that again coming in around a dollar 25 it was the best bang for your buck for a big guy uh, how gr- truly great were they? They weren't that good. But when you come from a family that cooks cheeseburgers at home only once a month, I mean, having that, the ability to eat that at school is, it was a real treat, and it filled my big ass up. That's my number three.
0: Gotcha. For, for me, number two, uh, I did go around from high school to high school. So for me, though, number two is from KO, and it's wing day. Wing day was a fantastic fucking day of KO. Plates, stacks of bones of wings, just tables of them. I mean, I think I could put down about maybe 60, 80 wings.
1: I mean, did they really have good wings? A wings from, from, I know it was a prep school, but you're throwing around some... Were they actually really good wings or were they just... It was cool because they had wings and you're at school.
0: They say a lot of your memory is just you trying to remember memories. So, you, I mean, maybe I, I, it's just good because I feel nostalgic.
1: It was probably about as good as my soy burger.
0: Probably. Okay. So then I'll, I'll, I'll sub out my number two
1: fish sticks. Fish sticks. That's actually good. I mean, put a bucket of tartar sauce on those frozen ass fish sticks. But, uh, I do like that peck. I am going with. Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving, Wednesday, turkey loaf, the spooned out mashed potatoes that always made a perfect circle with a delicious boxed brown gravy, chicken gravy over it, uh, signed me up. I love turkey loaf, mashed potatoes. I was always able to finagle myself into getting three to four pieces, a lot of protein. The potatoes went down like butter. It was a good time.
0: Your number two school lunch is Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving.
1: There you go. Elementary school, pine school, turkey loaf, mashed potatoes, the, s- the stuffing, same spoon, perfect circle, fucking dab of stuffing on there. Always gave the fat kid a little bit extra. Can I get two scoops? Can I get two scoops of mashed potatoes?
0: If you're saying my wings tasted that, I'm telling you for a fact that the, that Thanksgiving, a mini Thanksgiving before Thanksgiving. Like, they only serve Thanksgiving food once a year.
1: Oh no, I know, this shit was probably terrible. It was Pine School, it's in Michigan City, Indiana. Bunch of white trash and hillbillies. I mean, it was probably completely suspect and then probably I didn't get sick. But I'm just telling you, what was going on in my head
0: when it was that day? It was one of the best days of the year. Next... Mine is obviously pizza Friday and, and you got a little surprise every now and then when they'd like just sprinkle in like a a pizza Wednesday and you just be like, holy fucking shit, we're eating pizza twice this week.
1: So what was, was the pizza? Cause my number one is a, a subcategory of pizza. Well, it's pizza. Mine's a Mexican pizza. So now let's start to break down types of pizza. So when you're talking about pizza Friday, you might be too young, but my pizza Friday, which you could throw this one in there too. It was great. The rectangular shaped, uh, the dough was, I can't even talk about it. It was just like a classical, it was in a pan. And I think they actually cut it into rectangles. Is this the same pizza you're talking about? Or was it a circle or was it now I hated the circular ones that were all dough. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: It, it depended, but being in Connecticut, like it wasn't like the worst pizza in the world. Cause if, even if they just ordered pizza from like a random pizza place, I mean, you're in Connecticut, so it'll, it'll be good.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to talk about my Mexican pizza. Maybe this is just some more Indiana shit, but it was hexagonal in nature, maybe octagonal
0: octagon so it had eight distinct sides to it.
1: distinct sides (laughs) to it it was maybe shaped like a stop sign i don't know so it was basically that with your standard 1980s pizza crust and the only thing that made it mexican i think was the orange cheese so it was not your standard mozzarella it was uh, some sort of it was a layer of delightful grade d beef ground up and then on top of that was orange cheese we don't i mean i guess it might have been cheddar or it might have been some government shit i don't know but it was called a mexican pizza had them in elementary school juniors junior high high school and even my mom we had these because this is indiana in 1995 98 she was the homecoming or prom committee director And at prom, of course, they had Mexican pizzas at prom. And I was able to eat a whole case of them by myself because there was extra. Because if you can imagine this, everybody didn't want to fill their throat with Mexican pizza on their prom night. So I was the benefit of like 36 to 48 Mexican pizzas. And to cook them, microwave 30 seconds. That's it. No oven heating or anything. Mexican pizza, number one on my list.
0: Yeah, I, I did not... You have quite the interesting and diverse group of, of school foods there. Um, not what I was expecting for, for school foods from you, but I guess that is a good segue into the overall topic of this podcast, which is nutrition in schools. So do you want to kind of just... just I, when it comes to nutrition and athletics, some people might wonder why we talk about it as often as we do. Really, it just kind of boils down to a lot of what you eat has a huge effect on how you're going to perform, how your body is going to build up muscle. It it just is very important what you fuel your body with. So, Ned, when kids kind of come in and start their little onboarding process, I know one of the things that I did and what everyone does is they send you pictures of the food that they're eating uh, you know, every, everything, every meal, every day. So do you kind of want to just tell us to start some of the things you notice when you get those food pictures sent to you? So things that I noticed,
1: uh, I mean, I guess we're going to go in order. So every athlete that comes in, they have to give me everything that they eat for a three day period. And then we try and phase out of that and get them going some people have to extend it for a week some people for two weeks four weeks whatever but i get the raw picture and it i tell tell them when they send me the pictures i don't want you to send me i want you in your in your natural habitat um and things that i've noticed 20 years getting food from kids every day and adults um but we're going to focus on more kids for today but a lot of it transfers over to adults because the children don't change their habits necessarily. Not my kids, they're changing their habits, but, um, but kids don't eat breakfast. It is one of the most common things and there's a lot of buzz going around as this is more for adults, but should I eat breakfast? Should I not? The answer is there's a small percentage of people that could do intermittent fasting and benefit from it. Um, but I haven't found that, high school athletes or athletes in general can can make intermittent fasting work with what we're trying to do but uh they don't eat breakfast that is not a good thing And you hear now you're all this research. You don't have to eat breakfast. And the millennials, they just eat lunch and say skipping breakfast is the new thing and go right into lunch. But for kids, they need it more for other reasons. So a big one is brain function. So the brain functions on glycogen and carbs and food generally helps you uh, have brain energy. So from an academic standpoint, not even an athletic standpoint, um, it is generally good to have food. Uh, it gives you energy to go through your day. So the, the days of student athletes are long. They usually start at 5 30 or 6 AM and they generally go until nine o'clock at night. So they're running and usually on not enough sleep. So if you're not getting enough sleep and you're not eating enough, then you, you're you going through a 14 hour clip at a handicap where your your performance physically and mentally are going to be limited. Um, competition. So I routinely see kids that don't eat for the comp- – you know, before practice, some people have morning practices, especially this happens in college, and I have a hard time getting college kids to put something in their stomach um, before practice or before not so much competition. But if they're traveling and they're playing on their summer AAU teams – um some of these performances have to be in morning and you if you don't have food you don't have energy you're not going to perform well uh weight management so you know long term by not eating anything for breakfast and eating a whole bunch of food later on the day you're more likely to gain weight um and what happens is their body now they're running through 14 hours of the day not eating enough they get home and then they're backloading all of their calories from, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night until one in the morning. So when you just get breakfast, you're basically eating the most amount of food when you're least active and vice versa. And that's no good. And it, it, it helps set just a long term healthy routine. Because no, when you don't have to do athletics anymore, you got a job. I personally, by having a slow-absorbing carbohydrate of lean protein and a fruit or vegetable for breakfast, I found that I my brain writes a better program, and I have to work. Now, my specific job is training athletes and moving around, but I have to be able to perform at my job, and I've noticed that I perform better um, if... I've done it both ways, for the record, because I'm big and beefy and theoretically a NARP. Um, I have switched over to intermittent fasting. But say is, what is the term? Do as I say, not as I do?
0: Yeah, do as I say, not as I do. The The other term that, that I like is, is this is not a democracy. This is a dictatorship. And I am Adolf Hitler. Got it. Um, so
1: that's number one. Number two... So now the second tier would be, if let's say they actually eat breakfast. What am I seeing? It's always just a carb. So people are very big into eat a carb. Like if I have a bowl of cereal, I'm good. Or if I have a banana, I'm good. So the concept is good that they're eating food, but the volume isn't high enough. And it's not really doing anything. Fruit really isn't carbs. You eat a banana, what, 20 grams of carbs. By the time you're in second period, that's gone. And then depending, my daughter doesn't eat, she's eight. She doesn't eat until 1.30. That's when her lunch is, but she goes to school at 8 a.m. So it's completely whack. So because you, there's things that you can't control at school, because you get kids, you don't eat breakfast, and if you get a late lunch, now you're not eating anything until noon. So the, the single carb just doesn't set you up. If you're having weight management issues, you're going to eat that carb, it's going to process quicker, and then you're going to be craving more carbs. Um, it does help for brain function, but I mean, protein is just a kind of a necessary thing. Then there's the whole recovery component of if you are training and the importance of protein for, you know, building muscle and protein synthesis. So, um, The that is the most I have found in 20 years that if I do see the breakfast, then it's just that then school. So that's kind of the home front at school when the kids go to school. What I see is a one from a couple days ago, white bagel, cream cheese, fruit cup. And he is a slightly heavier individual, kind of reminds me of me as, as a as a lad. And basically, you are setting this kid up for failure from a mental perspective and a physical perspective. So your white bagel is sugar, your cream cheese is fat, and your fruit cup is sugar. You got the sugar, fat, sugar. All right, uh, my guy, go ahead and attack your day. You are going to feel like hell in about sixty minutes. But when you look at the why they're serving that, you and it goes back to other things that I'm probably going to cover, but. They schools want to save money, so some schools aren't trying to really make a movement, and some schools do. But they bring in the healthy foods, and then the kids the kid doesn't want to eat a hundred percent whole wheat bagel because it's not as tasty as the even though lenders bagels are straight garbage. I don't even know why anybody would eat them, but um, it doesn't taste as good. So they eat that bagel in that fruit cup and in 10 minutes, they're feeling like a million bucks. Because they're, they've are they just basically ingested one level higher than candy, you know, for breakfast. Another thing that I notice is they don't eat enough. So here's your number. And, and I'm a nerd, so I've tracked this. Basically, the average amount that kids eat in a day is 2.3 meals a day. Uh, and that's not enough. So typically, I'm trying to get them to have a breakfast, lunch, dinner a pre activity or competition snack and then and two snacks. So we're talking 5 to 6. The average is 2.3. Part of the reason the average is 2.3 is because a once you skip breakfast, that already you're not set up to generally eat anything now until 12, so you're shrinking the amount of time in the day there is to eat, but kids are busy. So you have they skip breakfast and then they get something down for lunch, and generally, whatever they eat at lunch isn't enough because it doesn't taste good if they get it from the school. And then, before you know, there's it's between all the allergies and ridiculous restrictions there are, it's hard for the kids to eat during school. Then they didn't plan. That's part of the reason why they go to NES sports performance, so I could teach them how to, you know eat something before they go to practice or before they come to me and then they go into dinner is the standard that everybody eats but and then maybe snacking at night but 2.3 isn't enough um when you look at the lunch this is going into the lunches that are that it's a blend i'm going to go over two things so if people that are bringing a lunch a lot of the concept is they're doing it like the 1980s so where you got the sandwich with the white bread and like one individual strip of of meat on it, and your deli meats are contain higher levels of water anyway, so it's all chopped up meatloaf or turkey loaf. It's not actual turkey or ham or whatever. It's all chopped up compressed and added water and various things. So you you get the sandwich on the white bread with not enough protein. That's paired with, depending on hell how, how healthy your eighties parent was, you're either eating Chips, uh, the level two goldfish or pretzels because my mom pitched to me that pretzels were healthy. And But really what we could just say is I guess they're healthier than chips because there's less fat in them. But ultimately, pretzels are sugar. Um, And then your third piece was your, you know, the parents that were, you know, maybe they felt bad because you were getting the white bread with the one ounce of Oscar Mayer shit bologna on it. In your chips, so they're like, Oh, we got to be healthy. So they might throw you a banana or a piece of fruit that ultimately, I mean, we've both been around long enough to know how much that shit gets thrown in the garbage. Or you could go with the fruit cup, and people go with the fruit cup because let's be real, fruit cups are kind of tasty, but that is just liquid sugar. And then other parents are like, Fuck it, hostess, it was sugar. So they're skipping breakfast and then the lunch that they're eating is basically sugar and fat, once again, not enough protein. The school lunches, um, because I get to see what these kids are eating at school, they're typically carb-driven. And In an earlier podcast, we talked about why that happens, and that's because <clears throat> the schools want to spend the least amount of money as possible and find a food that kids will like. And who doesn't like mac and cheese? So before you know it, all the... Schools are just pumping up. It's just a big carb carb load. It's like you're training for a marathon. Um, so when I see those lunches, and then you know, what I come have to come back and be like, what's going on at school? And then I'm like, the first thing I say is, what do they got for protein, dude? I threw a hot dog one time and on the ground, and it literally bounced five to six feet up in the air. I'm like, oh great. Or you know, the amount of time that I've heard rubbery chicken. And, and kids in school lunches. So it's like the protein options that they do have for the kids, they don't eat because they don't taste good. So then they just eat a salad or they'll eat whatever, a white bread sandwich that's served there, or they'll eat pasta, which is so it's just more sugar and no protein. This all goes back to kids who aren't getting enough protein. And part of that reason is they don't want to buy the nice chicken. And I don't know why. I mean, I'm not going to get into why they're... Every school is different. My kids' elementary school, they're trying. I analyze the shit out of that. I got the monthly menu. Um, they're actually on the the better end of the spectrum as far as school lunches. But overall, protein's more expensive. They make it. They have to mass make it. And they get the cheapest shit ever just because they feed people. The kids don't like the protein. They just eat the carb. Boom. Boom. Uh, I've, no one ever eats anything before they compete or they train. That's a common thing. So that's kind of important. Try, I mean, you've worked out before in an empty stomach and you've worked out with a bowl of oatmeal and some eggs in your, in your stomach. Uh, it's not netology, but by eating, you know, a good breakfast or lunch or whatever food before you train, um, and having food in general, you should find that, you're able to work hard for harder for an extended period of time to get through your workout. I've definitely, I've I've done everything you could think of and, and empty empty belly lifting. I'm a rock star for about ten minutes, twenty minutes, and then it's a mess. So, kids aren't eating snacks. That's why they come here is I give them, you know, options for doing that, and then. Um, dinner is what I found is the only consistent thing because social norms have allowed that to happen. Um, there, it's a consistent meal where there's usually some sort of thought process and the world has deemed, maybe it's because the families are under their own control, but you actually, that is the best time where you're going to be able to see your classic protein or meat with your carb and your your vegetable so people are good at at night about the you know and what it is it, that all depends so is it you still get the pasta only thing or the carb only very common thing so your people are still missing protein sometimes but not as much so those are the seven things that i have seen that are a hot mess in the nutritional nutritional pictures
0: yeah, that does sound like a bit of a hot mess. School lunches were, as much as we kind of joked around about it in the beginning, and you know our our favorites. There were a lot of days where those foods were not served, and we got served a lot of trash, and it was just not, not great. A lot of meals that were not eaten. Um. Also, bringing lunch was a was a big thing. Uh, as well, sometimes the school lunches were just trash. And, you know, you'd run into some problems with that as well. Like my parents didn't believe that I should eat carbs. So I only was given salads for lunch with with no meat and just like balsamic vinaigrette.
1: And how much was that stomach gurgling about 20 minutes after that salad for your big ass?
0: Oh, so, so often. It was rough. But, you know, we're not here to talk about my eating disorders. Uh, We're here to talk about why nutrition and the way school food gets served is a problem. Uh, You know, you kind of gave us the the seven deadly sins of nutrition in schools. Uh, What does it all lead to?
1: Uh, Well, nutrition in schools and nutrition out of school. So the the job starts at 6 a.m. and it generally ends at 8 p.m. I know this because I'm in charge of all of the grocery shopping and food and meals in the family. But uh, it's I mean, it's a big problem because the world is fat and people are dying and getting a whole bunch of disease for something that is changeable. Obviously, it pertains to my field and the fact that kids are not being fueled and Performing optimally when I get them. And I feel that we know, I mean, things change when we were in school. I mean, you were later than me, but in in the 80s, it was just a different world of nonsense. You work the geographical location because I'm always throwing the Indiana card because people are just different in Indiana. And it is It go. I mean, if I lived in whatever Greenwich, when I was a kid, your experience of meals and food are going to be different than you being from Northwest Indiana. It's just a different thing. But um, what we're not going to change. I mean, look, you if you're going to a prep school, one of the things that you absolutely need to do is talk about the food that they have and the quality of it, because that saves yourself A lot of money and time. There's nothing worse than going to a prep school with bad, bad lunch because it's all you can eat and you got to smash food, especially if you're a weight gain guy. How disappointing is that? Public school, it's kind of, you're going to get what you're going to get. Man, this school's free. Like, we just need to feed your ass. Like, deal with it. But prep school, um, the bar should be raised a little bit higher. But how are we going to fix the problem? We're not changing. We're not going to the nutritional lady and being like, hey, throw some barilla whole wheat thin spaghetti together for my kid, not this liquid sugar. But by starting at home, it's, it's, and now I have a six and an eight year old. So if you don't, most people don't have six and eight year olds listening to the podcast, but you either will or you had, but you, you basically have to educate and, you know, at my kid's age, don't introduce excessive amounts of bad food at home because what you are doing is prepping their taste buds to be disappointed, you know, when they go to school or eat something that's more healthy. So you have to do the work at home to, you know, not allow soda in the house. Or if you're, you know, maybe it's like we have Fanta, like Mila's jam is orange Fanta, which I think is kind of shitty Uh, It's not worth my calories. Like I don't even I can't drink soda. It's just like too much sugar, but So we bought a 12 pack and it was in there Till yesterday and we would have bought that When would be a occasion to buy orange soda Probably her birthday which was well her birthday had to be celebrated in December so basically it it was four months to go through 12 cans and they're little anyways, but, um, you know, the, we got to the point once again, where we had no kitchen to where you can't cook anything. You're just at a disadvantage. And my kids were just smashing. We just, I'm like, fuck it. Bought the 20, 20 packs of, uh, Cheetos, Doritos, Fritos. So those used to be like special occasion, barbecues, birthdays. Um, and it became the norm. And there was no turning back to the pretzel or the cracker or the hummus or the like they were just they became little assholes and they're like, I want Doritos. And it was, it was, they were hooked because this all this food is addicting. So ex, extra excessive candy and junk food, when they go into their taste buds, are just going to reject the less quality or the less good tasting or more healthy foods. So, Um, if you have somebody who's whatever, 13 or 15, now you got, now they're 15 and you got to get them to shake it. The easy thing is it's hard to rationalize with the six and eight year old why you shouldn't smash candy all day, even though I do with my kids. But when you're 15 years old, you just need to get your thumb out of your ass and you really should be, you, you know what you're supposed to eat and what you're not. So you're going to want to start taking action for the things that you put into your body if you want to play at the highest level possible because you're 15 once again and you know what to eat and what not to eat so that's my take
0: I do think it really comes down to well my my favorite quote actually or statistic it's not really a quote Uh, it's a quote now because I'm saying it but my favorite statistic that I have not verified is that half of America is obese, and that's a lot of people, um, and it does kind of start in schools, so well, it really just boils down to, it kind of starts trying to counter that, it starts at home, you know, if the school lunches aren't bad, you just gotta bring your own lunch and get as much nutrition as you can, uh, but I, I think that really does it for for that Nutrition part of our podcast, the main portion of it, the main course, if you want a terrible dad joke, Uh, I am not a father. Um, Yeah, Ned, do you have uh, anything else to add about nutrition in schools? No. Fantastic. Then we're moving on to our question of the week. Uh, Our question of the week for this week is going to be, what is the worst food or meal? you've ever eaten in your life. Uh
1: that was a very lame question. Uh this is like some weird creepy team building exercise. So the but the worst food, if I'm going with the worst food, I'll go with a story that goes along with it. So I am at the Smith household. They are Jewish and it was Passover. And part of the whole process is you have to eat gefilte fish. Have you ever heard
0: of them? I have. I've have had a Passover meal or two myself.
1: All right. Well, um, this Passover I had gefilte fish. And then I hate when people, like, I'm not a picky eater. I eat, like, 95%. 95 out of 100 things, I'm in. But I have a few select things that I don't like. And I don't like when people, like, I'm not picky eater, like, oh, try it. You might like it. Like, no, man, look at my size. I've tried a lot of food. Like, I know what I like and don't like. So they pull out the gefilte fish out of a jar. So basically what it is is it's some sort of fish that's in a jar that you would see in your college anatomy class. And it's wrapped around in, like, jelly... And it's, abso- I mean, it just is a absolute nightmare. So they're pulling this shit out. And I'm like, no, nope. And they're like, oh, you should try it. And I'm like, no, like, I try a lot of things. I will try a lot of things. Uh, I don't want to try that because that shit is nasty. And then anytime I don't want to try food, my wife can't take no for an answer. So I got bullied uh, into trying it. And it was absolutely disgusting. And then the good news is, I believe maybe two years after that, somebody that went to Passover made, like, this weird gefilte fish pie, which is basically amazing. Um, and it gave me wonderful experiences of gefilte fish after. But anything that's in the jar, man, don't touch that. Don't get near it. If they're telling you it's good, they're lying to you, it is nasty shit. But can we actually get sued for this? Because I got to tell, I got to give somebody a heads up. Never eat at Unchiladas. It looks like Aunt Chilita's if you're a hillbilly from Indiana. I called it Aunt Chilita's. But do you get it? Unchiladas? Do you get it? Anyways, it's uh, in Hamden. It's a Mexican joint. Don't ever go there. Went there, ordered tacos. Any type of taco you eat, which you're guaranteed to get is a pool of dirty sink water layering the bottom of your dish and like they don't wring out their chicken and it's pooled and it's soggy and it's shredded with no taste. And then I veered over and got the beef and it was worse than it was like it's five times worse than Taco Tuesday at my house. And it was an absolutely dreadful experience. Unchiladas. Don't ever go there. Do the golfing in the driving range. And then we went there again. And I'm like, oh, it's got to change. Terrible. And then those fuckers, even I was driving golf balls on the rare time that I could go to the range. And I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going one more time. And at this point, in time, battered wife. And I was I was just dumb for even trying it, and I was all optimistic and went there and there a third time, got this big sack of heavy food, fourteen bucks, put it down. This is gonna be great, fucking nasty. Enchiladas, don't go there.
0: I think we should find another place for you to hit golf balls. You should not be hitting them at a Mexican restaurant. It's complicated. It's the yeah. NES experience.